Hello and welcome to episode 171 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Joining me as always is the insatiable League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. It's a, it's a little bit rainy and windy here in Sydney tonight, and it's just added to my insatiableness. It's a bit moist outside, so you tell it me. It really is, yeah. Yeah, I haven't felt it this moist in like three or four hours. Nice. Mm. Um, been a bit of a busy week. Yeah, a few things have happened. We had, uh, I don't know if you heard this, mm. Greg Inglis come out of retirement. I have heard. This is fascinating news. Yeah. And we called it, hey. We did, we did. And I've seen a few people out there saying, oh, I don't know if it's the right move, and they don't think he's going to be up to it. Um, I say bugger that. I think he's still going to be fucking fantastic, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, even if he's 60% of what he was athletically, and I think he will be quite a bit better because he's had that time to um, let his body heal and stuff. If he's 60% of what he was, he will be as good as the vast majority of players in the entire world. May I offer up a comparison? And not mm-hmm. not a comparison with, with, with Inglis, but a comparison with a player who suffered with injuries, went over to England, has been doing pretty damn well since going over there. Mm. Lock, Lachlan Coote. Well, Lachlan Coote, Coote has still been injured over there. <laughs> he has. Yeah. He's become a test player over there, though, hasn't he? Yeah, that's true. I wonder um, if uh, Greg Inglis has any Scott in him. I doubt it. Is In- Inglis isn't a Scottish last name? Uh, it, it might be, but I don't think there's any in him. <laughs> he's, he's probably more Irish than Pat Richards was, though. <laughs> Maybe he's Welsh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Inglis. Nah, his last name's too short. It, it'd have <laughs> no, like no, 27 no consonants in it if he was Welsh. There's no Fs, Ys, or Ds in it either, which is a bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, look, I think I think the one thing that's going to work for English over there is because because the ruck isn't the slow down mess that it is here. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead to more, um, I suppose, faster play for you know for him anyway, mm-hmm. and a bit more broken field sort of play, which just sort of opens up a lot more opportunities for a player like him. And I, I don't know. I think I think he'd be perfectly fine over there. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a few years out of himself over there. Well, that's the thing. Like, if he has been getting treatment on his knee, because his knee was a real problem for him for a number of years in the NRL. So if his knee has got some sort of treatment and he has plenty of time, if he's in the worst shape of his life right now, and he, he isn't, like he still trains with the Rabbitohs. See him on TV all the time, still training with them. Well, hang um, on. Did, has, has anyone been critical of his weight? No. I'm, I'm not, but usually the media is. Have, has they, have they brought this one up? Give it time. Give it time, okay, but okay. not yet. Um, but yeah, if he, if like he could turn up and just be in ridiculous physical shape, and if he does turn up in that shape, his skill level is going to be better than anyone in Super League. Um, the more I've thought about it, I think he would be really well suited to play five eighth, like as a running five eighth. Because can you imagine what Super League defenses will be like sliding against Greg Inglis, who is a super athlete? And, I mean, he'll just be able to either pick him off with a pass or just power through the line and score. Like, that, to me, of all the positions he could play over there, 
I feel like that's the one where they would have zero answer for him. Yeah, I think the right a smart coach would put him at six. And yeah. I think the the one thing that makes him a great five eight, especially against you know in, in a faster moving game, because they've got a, a a quicker ruck than what we do here, mm. um, is that Inglis has never been the sort of player who hesitates when it comes to running the ball. Yeah. Like, he's got that confidence to run first, then pass. And that's the difference between a great half and, you know, an average one, I guess. An average half will be looking to set someone up before taking the line on themselves, which makes him a bit easier to defend. Whereas Inglis has, even if he hasn't got his top speed, his, his speed off the mark is still pretty bloody phenomenal. And that, that bloody fend, man, that thing is epic. Yeah, like he, can pull, put, he can just he can just put a player in his ass as he goes through the line and bang, there's the hole. If there's no more, if there's one created, he'll just create one with his fend. Yeah, and we've talked about it a little bit before in the past that like, you know, all of these players that play at the top level, they or at, at the top club level, they're the best athletes from their area and stuff, and then they run into a Greg Inglis, and it's like, oh, this there's somebody that's twenty percent bigger, faster, stronger than I am. It's going to be a really rude awakening. And, yeah, if he turns up, and can you imagine having, like, uh, Gareth Widdop running off him as a fullback? It, it would be fantastic for the for the, uh, for the Warrington. Uh, like, yeah, And so, yeah, the more I've thought about it, the more I've thought 5'8", is the way to go. Um, he'd be fantastic any position that he... I mean, I even think he'd be a great back rower in Super League. Um, it's going to be really tempting to play him at fullback, but I feel as though to prolong his career, he's probably better off to play either in centres or at 5'8". And I'd play him at 5'8". Yeah, I'd be happy with him at 6. Because it'll just take a bit of the defensive workload off him too. Not that yeah. that would be an issue, but, you know, you'd get a bit more out of his knee if he doesn't have to tackle too much. Yeah, exactly. And, like, can you imagine the 5'8s he's going to be playing against or the, the outside, you know, the edge defenders in Super League he's going to come up against? They're not going to know what to do. And he's going to be drawing defenders to him. They're going to be freaking out because he's so strong. Man, you would love to be running off the back of his just short balls and stuff like that. It would be so good. Well, this is the thing is because the because the ruck is faster in England, um, I think you're going to find that a lot of those those edge defenders are going to be either retreating or sliding mm-hmm. at the play the ball. Mm-hmm. And if England just gets English just gets under one of those passes nice and quick, they get a good quick play of the ball and he gets that. He'll be running at an angle towards one of those retreating players and uh you can't stop a Greg English fend if you're running backwards. No. It'll it's all over. on your ass. He'll beat there's you straight be, away. There's gonna be times where he receives the ball and it's already all over. Yeah. You know, i can't wait. I'm gonna be really, really you know, excited to watch him play over there. Um, and when you think that they'll have next year, they'll have Inglis, Sonny Bill Williams, and Israel Flower all in the same competition. And Lachlan cool. Coote. Yeah, and Lachlan Coote. Um, it's cool that they've got... It's cool that they've got some headliners because they really need them. Yeah, and not headliners who are 38 years old. Yeah. Like, they've still got plenty, to get, plenty in the tank. Yeah, well, like, I mean... Israel Folau would be a top signing for any NRL club right now. I think Greg Inglis would be a top signing for any NRL club right now. Um, But I kind of like that he's going to go over there. It'll be less pressure, less media spotlight, and he can just go over and play footy. 
you know, there's not going to be any talk about is he worth the money or any of this shit. He can just go over there and just smash it. It's going to be great fun to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, he'll be great over there. Um, now, a bit mm-hmm. of a theme here. Mm-hmm. There's been a few players that are wanting to come out of retirement and for for the right reasons. They want to help the Warriors out and sort of give back to the game and help give back to the Warriors after the... Uh, you know, the massive decision they made to try and help keep the competition of 16 teams comp and make everything easy for everybody else. Um, so during the week, Sam Thider and Billy Slater have offered that, you know, if needed, they can come out of out of retirement to help out the Warriors. And then I think it was yesterday, Paul Gallon came out and gave the same offer. And I think if I was the Warriors... Mm-hmm. I'd probably pass on Sam Side, eh? Yep. Paul Gallon, though, is a, a tough one to pass up on. Because the last, the last two years, two, three years, that Gallon was at the Sharks, I, I think was probably some of his best years. And it's because he wasn't getting in the fucking way at 5'8 all the time. He still did it occasionally out of instinct. Mm-hmm. But he was largely keeping out of the road. And at it just meant that he was focusing on being a, a, a prop. And let's be honest, there's not too many props. I've got the tank he has can do the meters mm-hmm. he does. And I think if, if he can still do, you know, 70% of that, which I'm certainly would because, you know, all jokes aside, he's always been the sort of bloke. who's just got, you know, a, a good engine on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that low center of gravity, makes him hard to defend. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be good for the Warriors to actually have two plays in their side who can make 100 metres a game. <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be weird for uh, RTS to be playing alongside a, another capable player. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that we've inflicted Tamworth on the Warriors. I don't know if we should inflict Paul Gallen on them as well. Um, but, you know, he'd be, he wouldn't be the worst signing. You know, they're all worth signings. If Gallen is honestly willing to do it, and the weird thing for me is when all those players that said that they'd come back when it, they were all Channel 9 employees, which kind of got to me a little bit, <laughs> um, that's the thing. But if he really wants to do it, he should just do it. Like, stop talking about it and just do it. Um, he could probably sign on for the minimum contract. And, yeah, he should just do it. I don't know that Billy Slater would... Like Billy Slater, I think you'd have to play him on the wing. Uh, yeah, it'd just be the wing, wouldn't it? Unless you mm. said, unless Roger Chulvasashek moved into five eighth and Slater was at fullback, that's the only other way I could think of doing it. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't want to move RTS from fullback purely because you'd be weakening one spot and not hugely strengthening another. I well, think they've got some the, good young five eights there. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. It's RTS, I think, is the second best player in the world. Like, I think he is genuinely one of the... He's an all-time great scale sort of player. So, yeah, I don't know about Billy Slater. You know, the only other one that would be... I would jump at that's newly um, retired would be Cooper Cronk. Yeah. I think if you chucked him into the Warriors side and Gallon, and they were both like, let's just do a, a single season, we'll do it for minimum... All of a sudden, I'm looking at that Warrior side and I'm going, like, Kronk, Gallon, and RTS at the back. 
the other players just have to play half decent footy and they'll be a rotten side to play against. Yeah. So that's the thing. When I first saw Gallon want to go to the Warriors, I, I initially went, nah, that's that's just stupid. Mm. And then I asked myself, how many props currently at the Warriors are better than a 39-year-old Paul Gallon? Because mm. that's, that's how old he'll be in August this year. And then I mm. went, the fact that I'm thinking about this means that it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. And it's a it's a bit of an indictment on the Warriors, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Warriors have had two or three players go down with injuries in the last month, and they're all forwards. Mm-hmm. But still, if I was to ask you right now, okay, you've got you're the Warriors right now. You have to pick one of these final two players: it's Paul Gallon or Adam Blair. <laughs> So it's not even an issue. It's just Paul Gallon yeah, straight away. That's right. And it's that's the situation they're in. I think I think if they really want to have a stronger forward pack and they want to get that momentum and get a few quick months of good footy uh, out of Paul Gallon, this is the perfect opportunity here. I'd be getting on the phone door and just say, Paul, that offer you made, you should spend a few weeks on the Central Coast. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why this is a real unique opportunity because it's not even like there's going to be a huge amount of travel for these players if they do come out of retirement. That's why I think someone like Cooper Cronk, and I don't think Cooper Cronk's been sounded out at all, but, man, he would he could really play the whole season. And even if he said to a club, look, I'm not going to leave the Sydney area while I do this, he might still be able to play 85% of a club's games. Yeah. Cronk would be fantastic for the Warriors. Not just, and it's not even just the on-field stuff. It's about giving those young guys they got coming through a genuine, genuine rugby league brain to guide them around for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be fantastic for those young kids there. Um, mind you, I don't think Cooper will play because you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I look, uh, and this is what I always say. You know, stop talking, Paul, and just go and sign with them. Just do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, one story that won't go away is this uh, this ref dispute. And it's been amazing to see how the media is all over Paul uh, Peter Vlandis. And Vlandis is running with that and pretty much... Not saying, but very close to insinuating that, you know, the rest are trying to sabotage a seize or something like that. And, and I thought, man, all the refs wanted was to be having a, would be, you know, having this conversation about one ref, two refs, and some of the rule changes and stuff. Mm. And they're entitled to that. I don't care what any enterprise agreements are out there. I mean, there's some suggesting that the referees, um, signed an agreement stating that any changes should be run by them first. There's other ones suggesting that they don't need to be told and stuff like this. But if you're a professional running sporting body, doesn't matter what sporting body, you need referees slash umpires. You need them. You can't yeah. have the game without them. Mm-hmm. Why would you be putting yourself in a situation where you're opposing your very own officials? Yeah, and the thing is too, like... If I was going to make any changes to refereeing in rugby league, 
the number one people that I would consult would be the referees because they're, you know, they're the uh, the experts in the field of refereeing, funnily enough. And they're unbiased. Yeah. Like, they haven't got a, a horse in this race. Yeah, and they're not affiliated with any clubs. Their no, job is purely just to officiate games. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think that I, I've said on Twitter many times, I am backing the referees 100%. If they go on strike, I'm backing them 100%. If it stops the season, I back the referees 100%. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think that this move just out of the blue to dump a referee, it, it messes up the refereeing structures. It messes up the way that they approach games. It messes up the way they develop the referee ranks. It's absolutely ridiculous, um, and to just have it done like the the way that it was done, it's so silly. And you know, to have NRL officials attacking the referees is gross. It's completely inappropriate, um, and the way the media just is attacking the referees is, you know, you expect that. I mean, I was driving um, this evening to to get something to eat, and Mark Levy was on on the radio. <laughs> And let me tell you, that guy's got no gag reflex when it comes to Peter Volandis. He was fucking balls deep on Peter Volandis. Fucking uh, ridiculous. Oh, uh, the media just... I don't know if they're genuinely enamoured by him or whether it's uh, whether it's a show, but, man, it's sick. It really is. It's so strange. It I've sick. never seen the love for him. Yeah. Oh, and I'm seeing now more and more people are coming around to the fact that something's something's not right. The media loves something about the game, mm-hmm. and they're automatically questioning it. And they're starting to go, yeah, there's, I don't agree with this either. Hang on a sec. There's something not right here. Going, yeah. When when the Australian mainstream media is praising something, there's a reason to be worried. And yep. we're seeing why now. And, um, you know, I've, I've talked to a, a few people that actually work within the game. And they have said it. They, it really worries them how much the media loves this dude, and they are very skeptical of a mm. lot of the changes that he's talked about making. Yeah, um, I've seen a few people suggesting that this um, was a tackle recount thing that goes on instead of giving away penalties. Yeah, yeah. That he that he brought in yep. was designed to help speed up the game. Yeah, I want to address this because a it won't speed up the game. That doesn't address the core issue. The reason why the game is slow is because the ruck is a fucking mess, and it's a mess because of all the wrestling. Yep. The only way you deal with that is by, as we saw at the start of twenty eighteen, you have two refs on the field, and you got one that's constantly got his eye over the 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 ruck, and he's got the freedom to call a whist, you know, call a penalty whenever he wants when he thinks that it's been going on for too long. And, yeah, we had a few games where there was 30, 33, something like that, penalties in a match. Good. So be it. Because if we start letting shit like that slide for too long, like we did in 2006, 07, 08, 09, 10, 11, all the way up to 2017, then it becomes part of the game and everyone's doing it. And that's exactly what's happened. And the start of 2018, we had quite a lot of unique results going on because the, the worst offenders in wrestling in the ruck, were being penalised out of games. And they were being forced to have to change their style. Mm-hmm. And, and we were starting that... to... Well, sorry. We are just starting to see 
a good product start to come out of it. And then Phil Gould and Buzz Rothwood had this massive whinge. Oh, there are too many penalties. Oh, the game is shit now. Um, just called the obvious ones. And this is the biggest criticism I have of, of Todd Greenberg at the time, is he yielded to them and gave them what they wanted. And, and that's the thing that the referees... Look, at what the referees really need is they need somebody that'll come in, say, I'll back you 100%. If you need to shut down a game by sending so many people off that a team has to forfeit, I'll back you 100%. Just clean it up. Just clear the ruck up and you'll get, you've got my support. Now, they that's basically what they were told. But then mm. as soon as Phil Gould and Buzz Rothfield, and you, you were right with the quote, it was like, just call the obvious ones. It's like, what, obvious to who, Phil? Fucking idiot. Um, and that was it. Todd Greenberg folded, and the referees were told, oh, no, 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 we can't have this. Go back to the other way. And, you know, it, they've, they never get backed. And so why would a referee worry about sending players off and stuff? You're better off just, you know, not making any waves and just get on with it. Yeah, and the problem that creates is when you're calling just the obvious ones, it means you're missing other penalties, and therefore what you're doing is you're breeding confusion and mistakes will come from that. That's exactly what's happened here. Yeah. And then they say, oh, the rest are, you know, two rest are bad. They just make mistakes and they got, they get confused all the time going, yeah. Like that's, that's what the media actually requested. And they probably did it on purpose so that they could then call out all the mistakes they make. And this idea, I mean, the, the media, it's so weird. They're saying that, like, oh, two referees is terrible. And then they're saying, you know, the referees have mentioned that they might strike. It's just a, you know, it's an option they have. And you've got these media types that are like, yeah, let them strike. We'll just get replacement referees. And it's like, these are the best of the best in the entire world. It, like, and you hate them now. How do, you, how do you think you'll go if you can actually find a bunch of people that will do this job? Because I can tell you, through a lot of the refereeing ranks, they will back the professional refs. And this, I mean, there was a story today about Bill Harrigan saying he'd come out of retirement. <laughs> and and it's like, stop embarrassing yourself, Bill. Like, that's just goofy. Like, yeah. don't, don't make yourself a punchline like that. This is the thing, um, though, is that Bill... Bill believes all his life that he was the greatest referee that ever existed. Mm. And I said on Twitter recently that um, Bill Harrigan was a slightly better version of Greg Hartley. <laughs> okay. He, he was better at interpreting the rules and, and officiating games. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they were both just people that liked being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. They both had the same nickname, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's because they like being in the spotlight. They like to be the centre of attention. The game was about them, not about the game or the players. It was about the referee. Um, and Bill Harrigan was by far a long way away from being perfect. Um, and that comes from someone who, yes, grew up as a Bowman fan and watched the 1989 Grand Final and Harrigan put his arm up the wrong way and then penalised Bowman for not playing in the spirit of the game. Yeah, it was definitely against the spirit of the game, though. you got and to admit he, that. He still, his ego still refuses to make him go, you know what, you know what, I got that one wrong. <laughs> you can't do it. Massive fucking ego. Um, 
media push for him, Buzz Rothfield and the like, they push for him to become a referee's boss. Mm. And then a few years later, they push for him to be sacked. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- the way I look at it is this. A good referee is like a hero pilot. The hero pilot for me is the one that thanks you for flying Qantas and enjoy your holiday. You know, yeah. that to me is my hero pilot. I don't yeah. even know his name and nothing. I, I can't even remember him, you know. Yeah. The best referees, I don't remember them. You just watch a game footy and they just do it and it's like you don't even think of them. That's a good refereeing performance. Exactly. And we don't have... I don't know of any referees we've got at the moment that are in the media, in the spotlight, trying to make themselves famous the way Bill Harrigan did. Mm-hmm. None of them are. No. They're avoiding as much as they can. You don't see them anywhere. You you rarely hear of them anywhere. Um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying before about how the NRL should be supporting them, it'd be good if we had someone high up within the game who used to be a referee, um, you know, in the NRL. I think that would be pretty handy because surely they'd be supporting the refs. Oh, no, they don't. They sit there with a fucking screen and bloody point out all their fucking errors every Monday afternoon. Thanks, Graham. Yeah, exactly. How's your Rolex, by the way? Exactly. Isn't it weird he's disappeared lately? How can you go and be a referee for so long and then turn up and just go, you know what, all I want to do is chastise them every week? Yeah, I don't don't understand it. I really don't understand it. And I think it's a – look, it's a cultural thing. You know, Todd Greenberg was a politician, right? And so he folded when the media put the pressure on him. And then – I mean, Annesley, I don't even, it's just, I don't know. I think he just likes getting his head on TV or something. I don't yeah. understand that. Peter Volandi's, you know, is just about making sure the media gets what they want. And well, then everyone in the media is just a bunch of cunts anyway. Coaches are obviously, you know, it's never their fault. They never made a mistake. And players have never made a mistake. You just ask them. Like, and all of these people that blame referees for losses and they overlook terrible, you know, knock-ons and mistakes and missed tackle counts and all sorts of things. Poor old referees are on a hide to nothing from a group of different people. And I think it's a cultural thing. And the only way that stops is if somebody at the top of the game decides to make that one of the big things they're going to change. And as it turns out, it's the complete opposite with Volandis. He's attacking the referees because, you know, he sacked half of them basically and he doesn't think they should have any right to have a say in that process whatsoever. Yeah. We're starting to see a bit of a cycle at the moment and that is Flanders does something. It's generally pretty stupid. The media go fucking ape over how magnificent he is. Oh, man, this bloke is an absolute genius. What a legend. Mm-hmm. The... Idiots on social media who buy everything that the mainstream media says go, oh, isn't he fucking fantastic, blah, 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 blah. And then it goes all over the radio. And then Vlandis goes, reads it all and goes, oh, look, I'm so popular, aren't I? Great. I'm going to do something like that again. And the cycle <laughs> starts again. Yeah. Um, it's, it's horrible. It really is. And it worries me where the game is going to, ended up being by the time Volandis goes. There's a lot of talk that he'll do this next broadcasting deal and then go straight away, which would be 
I mean, if he does that, the game deserves what it gets. If you can dupe the game into doing that, you deserve what you get. Um, but yeah, like, I just hope the next dude is half decent in his job. We, we need the doctor. The doctor too watches. Yeah, he needs to come in and uh, just bring those two watches in, get the corner office. I'm sure he drives a Bentley. He's got to be in a Bentley. 100% he drives a Bentley. Racing 100%. green. 100%. He'd get it in racing green as well too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, British racing green. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, you know what? He, he would never put it out any higher than second gear because he just wants to cruise around casually, make sure everyone knows he's got a Bentley <laughs> and two watches. And why? And he just looks around saying, because if you're as fucking awesome as I am, this is what you get. Do you, I, I would bet your money that he has a driver. Oh. He deserves one. If he hasn't got one, he deserves one. Yeah. He's got two watches, right? Yeah. He's got to have his two hands free for something in the back of the car. I don't know what it is. I don't know what a name is, but he he needs to concentrate on that. He's got He's got to be busy. Busy right. man needs a driver. He's professional. He's, oh uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's not he's, professional. He's uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not suggesting you're saying that. I'm, uh, I'm saying he's a, he's a professional. He's, he's, he's working on so many different boards. He yeah. probably needs two hands for the two suitcases of, of paperwork he's got to carry around. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he is on. Hey, they announced the state of origin draw for the end of the year. I did that. Uh, I thought that was, was it November 4, 11, and 18 or something like that? 4, 11, yep. The venues have yet to be finalised. They're all going to be on consecutive Wednesdays, which will be cool. And then the women's state of origin fixture will be on in November as a standalone fixture on Friday the 13th of November. So that'll be interesting because... Uh, Two days after the second origin. Yeah, yeah. Like so... That. It's it's going to get its own spotlight, which is really cool. And there's a little bit of talk right now about when they're going to have the women's competition run. Obviously, the women's competition is very short at the moment. Um, so it's good to see that that's starting to become part of the agenda of getting the game back running again because I was a little bit disappointed with the way the... And it's, it's something that all of the sports in Australia who decided to you know, all of a sudden acknowledge that women play sport as soon as COVID-19 rolled around, none of them gave a fuck. Yeah, completely forgot about them all. Yeah. Um, so it, it was cool to see that that was put back on the agenda because, I, I mean, I love the Women's State of Origin series. I think the oh, the Women's State of Origin games, that and the, the test matches between, between Australia and New Zealand, are, I mean, they're some of the highlights of the footy season. They're great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we've spoken before about the women's game, and the great thing about it is it's free of all the um, loophole exploiting bullshit that goes on in the NRL. They just go out there and play footy. Yeah, yeah, and they play bloody good footy too. It's it's yeah. fantastic. Really, really is. Now they've released the draw for the entire NRL season yesterday or today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that automatically comes with 
every Tom, Dick, and Harry telling us who's got the hardest draw and who's got the softest draw. Yep. Um, simple answer, people. The Gold Coast Titans always have the toughest draw because they're so far behind everyone. Just move on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really weird because, like, you and me do analysis of rugby league, right? And we look at stuff that happens and we analyse it and we really talk about it for... I mean, we talk about rugby league more than the podcasts we put out. I don't think people realise how often we talk about footy. But then when you see other people that are paid to do analysis, and it's so fucking stupid, you sort of think to yourself, like, what are these idiots talking about? Like, there's been all sorts of stuff about, oh, the Roosters, they've been screwed over, they've got the hardest draw, and the Parramatta Eels have the softest draw, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, it's a footy season. It's a very weird footy season, but it's a footy season. They play everyone once, and they play a few other teams twice. And it's going to be a really long, hard season. There's going to be no breaks. We're going to end up with a worthy premier at the end of it. And, like, none of it's going to be easy. There's not not one part of it is going to be easy this year. No. That's the other thing. I, I think I said in the, the last episode I was on there about how, um, you know, some media outlets are talking about how should this year have an asterisk next to it. You know, no. Yeah, not at all. Like, why are they trying to diminish the season before it's even really got in, you know, got restarted anyway? Well, it's because just... they've, they've gone crazy. They're all schizophrenic. It is nuts. It really um, is. I'm glad we haven't done that. Hey, like, if we had started putting out podcasts where we were saying, like, you know, who are the worst premiers of all time and just stuff like this, I would hopeful. I would be hopeful that our listeners would say, "Why you started putting out such bullshit, some such trash?" You know, yeah. Leave that to fucking idiots like James Hooper. James Hooper, who this week came out with an article about a referee involved in the strike action, and then talked about the fact he had what some laser hair removal place. It was um, actually a beauty. It's like a beauty clinic. Uh, but he just straight away went to, oh, he's giving people burkini waxes. And it was just so gross. Yeah. This, this, know, is the pro- this is the problem that James Hooper has. And I've got a feeling this is going to go into a rant, but fuck it. Um, James Hooper, and I've mentioned it before, the perfect word to describe him is boorish. He is possibly, actually, no, I'm not going to say possibly. He is quite literally the dumbest rugby league journalist that has ever lived anywhere. The crap he went on with over that whole $500,000 a day is what the NRL spends mm-hmm. and what that led to. Uh, just can't read an actual financial report and it's written there in black and white what makes up that, that spending money. He just ignores it and just writes it anyway. And the thing that the thing that annoys me most about James Hooper is that he keeps writing this stuff and there are people out there who keep buying it going, yeah, yeah, that's right. And going, no, it's not. It's fucking wrong. Yeah. The shit about Latrell Mitchell, that campaign about him in the Merc and turning his back on his people and sort of shit that went on last year. Mm-hmm. What? And this last one, I mean, belittling somebody that has a business and that also wants to be part of the refereeing ranks, and that is part of the refereeing ranks, sorry, and that loves the job so much that they're part of the refer- professional referees union 
and trying to belittle the fact that they own a business, a successful business. I mean, that's just not journalism. It's not. And this is the problem is that he doesn't know how to do actual journalism. Mm. Like, actual journalism is all right. Here's your story. Let's research why the referees are doing this and what they're having to get. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that. He goes, no, no, no. let's find something that he does to show that I've done some sniffing around and then just belittle the living crap out of it and hopefully I can ruin his reputation just like I did with Latrell Mitchell's. And then off I go on my merry way and find a next target to go after. Yeah, it's just horrible. Like, I, I don't yeah. understand why anybody would... I don't understand why Fox Sports gets it and says, yeah, yeah, let's go with that one. Let's put that one up. Like, I just... It, it, I guess it's got to be part of your makeup because I think if you understood it, <clears throat> you'd be just as bad as the people that do it, you know? I, um, he's... He is clearly the worst. I think I said recently that I'd even rate Paul Crawley ahead of him. And listeners of this would know how how little time I've got for Paul Crawley. It's not because of anything Paul Crawley's actually done. It's the fact that he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Uh, all he does is just, you know, he checks the room in which he's working in, which includes Paul Kent and Phil Rothfield, finds out what they're talking about and says, yeah, I'll just copy and paste what they do. That's all he is. It's Paul, Control-C, Control-V. I don't understand how Fox Sports can let someone like Andy Raymond go and mm. keep these shit journalists on board and just fill in all of their shows with these people who are outsiders. They're not part of the game. They're complete outsiders. And yet you'll let somebody like Andy Raymond go. It makes no sense to me. Andy Raymond has been with the NRL. Oh, sorry, been with Fox Sports for twenty-three years. So just to put that into perspective, that's pretty much when Fox Sports started getting involved in everything because that was, you know, that goes back to the Super League days. Mm-hmm. Twenty-three years, and they just go, yeah, you know what? We're going to let you go, but they're keeping on all of these journalists, all of them, every single one of them, kept them all. Yeah, they've not let go one of them. Oh, man. It's weird. It's just, just madness. I suppose, I, you know, they've shown their hand now. That's what that's the angle they're going with. So expect more of the same from them. Yeah. All you can do is watch the games and just switch off straight away, you know, mm. try and avoid it. I actually said on Twitter during the week, if you want to clean up your timeline, every time you see a journalist come up in your timeline block them and i'm talking any journalist like and i've been doing that over the last six months and let me tell you my timeline is pretty damn sweet when i look at it it's uh very rarely filled with just the trash they come up with and it doesn't matter if they're from like south australia and they're talking about you know the bushfire response or anything i just block all of them and it makes things so much better on twitter so if you if you go on Twitter, and I know we've got a lot of listeners that are on Twitter, if you go on Twitter and you find that your timeline's just full of rotten shit, start blocking the journalist and you watch it clean up. It is amazing what a difference it makes. The problem you get with that, though, is there's, um, there'll be dickheads like me who quote tweet them and talk about the shit they're saying. You don't even know what I'm talking about half the time. But, uh, but What's that's he when, doing? But that's when you think to yourself, like, oh, 
that'll be some journalist. I don't need to know about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's nuts. It really they're, is. They're, they've gone really loopy since this whole, you know, COVID thing came in and locked everything down because it's like they had to go through with two off-seasons and one mm. of them forced all the players to go indoors, which meant they couldn't do anything wrong, really. <laughs> yeah, true. I tell you what, if there's something for the NRL to learn there, that is every off-season, treat it like there's a pandemic outside, no one's allowed outside. You don't have to worry about bad media for a while. Well, Still. Not on the players anyway. Can you imagine in like 50 years' time, people will look back on this year and it'll say one of the big scandals was TikTok. <laughs> and they'll be like, what? They'll have to look it up and they'll probably be able to find the video somehow and it'll be Nathan Cleary dancing with a bunch of chicks, and uh, you're going to be like, all right, okay, is that it? Is yeah. that, was that the controversy? That's what happened? Is, you I, know. I'll be looking back on 2020 and going, this is the year when the rugby league mainstream media became more hated than NRL players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a they, good, that's a good decision. Yeah. Where they all caught schizophrenia. It was fantastic. Yeah, um, so going loopy. Hey, guess what? We got an email. Ah, email, mate. Yeah, Let's get we email actually it. got two. Listen, there's this dude. His name's Patrick, right? Patrick, right. you sent some really in-depth emails, but they're absolutely massive, right? And like, it's just difficult to squeeze them into a podcast. You know what I mean? Like these are articles. I'm thinking about getting in touch with you and saying, do you want me to put these up on the website as articles? They're that big. But we also got one from Dave and it was about uh, Greg Inglis. And he said, um, and he, like he uh, he replied to a poll that I'd put on the website. Um, and it was actually, let me see what the poll says. Because I said, do you, think, do you think that Greg Inglis is a good signing? And he sent me the uh, link. And told me to check out the website. I don't know if he knows it. Oh, it's actually my website. But uh, anyway, the, for the poll, we've had 102 votes so far. 60% of people have said yes is a great signing. Uh, 22% has have said he'll be an average signing. And 19% have said he'll be a terrible signing. But anyway, uh, Dave said, a fantastic, a fantastic piece there. And as a Y fan... I, for one, can't wait to see G.I. in the primrose and blue of the wire next year. If Austin and Widdop stay and they play Inglis inside young Ashton, God help the opposition. I just hope we get two years out of the monster that is Greg Inglis. Phil Blake didn't give us long enough all those years ago. I hope G.I. can make up for it. So that was a, an email that Dave sent. Wow, he's been waiting for a Phil Blake replacement all those years. Yeah, he really has. Oh, man. That has been bleak in Warrington. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, I would love to read these ones by PK, but they're just, they're absolutely massive. Um, so That's I might get in touch with you, PK, and we might try and get some of these put into article form and put on the website. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, so was there any other emails? No, that was it. The only other thing that happened was I got another Patreon. Oh, really? Yeah. Jack uh, become an official Patreon of mine, so now I've got seven of them. 
Um, I've still I got in touch with him and asked him what name he wants me to put on the website. He hasn't got back to me yet, but uh, yeah, seven Patreon. So thank you for joining me, Jack. Nice. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. I got another patron as well too. Oh, who was it? Uh, I'll I, I'll keep all my patron names private. That's all right. Only because I've, I haven't got around to ask them if they want their name published anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm up to 70 again now. Nice. Wow, you got 70. Yeah. That's amazing. So all's going good there. I think I may have... I, I tend to... I'm at this situation where I tend to get one and lose one and stuff like that. But Yeah. Um, yeah. I was... I had, yeah, I've had two come in this month and one out. Okay. Well, that, like, as long as it's going in the right direction, you know, and, like, I know you and me, we both can't believe the support we get out of Patreon. I was actually talking to Katie today um, through DMs on Twitter, and I was telling her how I got another Patreon, and um, she was my first person on Patreon when I started it up, and I said I, I didn't think anyone would, would jump on the Patreon, and, and so I've been absolutely shocked, and... uh Man, it's incredible when you you put out stuff and you put out content and the podcasts and all the stuff that we both do, um, and and you like people really really enjoy it. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Oh yeah. Um, something else that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We've had a comment, like a oh, review. Really a review. Sorry. So it's from Barry's Mick. Okay. And. Um, and he's just called it a go-to podcast, and he said, it's my go-to podcast during my morning walk and coffee. Oh, nice. What's his uh, name? Barry's Mick? Yeah, Barry's Mick. So I dare say he's a Bulldogs fan. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah, when he's listening to this, he'll have probably finished his coffee. He's probably midway through his walk right now. Um, and what, what do you reckon he's going to be doing? He'll be smiling to himself thinking, man. I can't believe they read it. Well, yeah, he'd probably go, you know what? Because they have read it, I think I might just go home and just hate watch a whole heap of Vanna Roll 360 reruns <laughs> and then hit Twitter and just call them all absolute assholes. Yeah. And uh, thumbs up, Mick. If that's what yeah. you're going to go up to, mate, thumbs up. Hope you enjoy the coffee. Yeah. I wonder what, like, I'll tell you what, Mick, get in touch with us, podcast at leaguefreak.com. Tell us what type of coffee you get before you run. Because... Yeah. Coffee, coffee's um, it's pretty much ninety percent of Lake Freak's diet. <laughs> Seriously, it is. And you know what? I've got this big. Uh, it's like a cartoon sort of Thor mug, but it's about twice the size of a normal coffee cup. And so I fill it about three quarters of the way with coffee, and I'm slamming coffees lately. Seriously, it's terrible. <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm. The, yeah, you, you can share. Um... What type of coffees you get? I So, yeah, tell us what type of coffees you get. Uh, it's well known that I just have my coffee black. I uh, don't need anything else with it. Just give me the co- coffee and water. That's what I like. Cold water? No, no, just hot, hot water in the coffee. Okay. Yeah. But sugar? Nope, no sugar. No sugar? No sugar, no milk. Bit okay. of rum? Okay. Well, occasionally I'll go a cappuccino, depending on where I am. Like some places you go and you're like, I don't know that they're going to give me the black coffee that I want, so I'll just get a cappuccino. 
because everybody knows how to normally make a cappuccino. Oh, so uh, you've been you've been to Bondi then? I'm trying to think when I went to Bondi. Yeah, when I went to Bondi last, I had a cappuccino. Yeah, that's all a, they sell out there. A chocolate brownie. Don't don't listen to anybody who tells you that they do other coffees out there. All they drink out there is cappuccinos. Yeah. They, they, if they're lucky, they, they find a fancy place, they'll do lattes, but it's mostly just cappuccinos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish Bondi was as special as the people think they are there, hey? <laughs> exactly. Like, you take... You take that fucking beach away, it's just, there's nothing to go there for. Not one thing. It's just expensive houses. Yeah, yeah. On top of each other. Yeah. And shit traffic. <laughs> and really, really, really narrow roads everywhere. Yeah. Ah, there you go, Bondi. If you live in Bondi, get in touch. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if, uh, what was his name? Barry Mick. Yeah, maybe Barry Mix walking around one of the streets in Waverley or something. Imagine if he was. Gets in touch and he's like, I, I like I like lattes and I'm from Bondi, you pricks. <laughs> we come back next week and the uh, the review's been deleted. Yeah. We've got a one-star <laughs> review from him. <laughs> Fuck that. Hey, what did you think of the uh, the news that Joe Rogan's taking his podcast to Spotify? Yeah, good on him. Yeah, same here. Same here. I like... After as many episodes as he's done for free and the age that he is and where he's at with his podcast, um, well, you can only say, like, man, $100 million bucks for five years of licensing of it, good luck to him. Um, yeah. I, I, I have listened to it from the very, very early days, and I, uh, like, I won't obviously follow over to Spotify. I don't have a Spotify account. But, uh, you know, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and you'll always hear people calling him a sellout and stuff like that, but, you know, you hear, hear the term sellout for bands who actually have a mainstream success album and make a heap of money, you're going, you're not being a sellout. I mean, if if you're doing something that you enjoy doing mm-hmm. and there's an opportunity to make a heap of money out of it, mm. you'd be stupid not to jump that opportunity. And if yeah. you can make that thing that you love doing you know, a career or your life that you can devote to and people love it. Why not try and make an income out of it and spend more time doing it and making it even better than what it currently is because you're actually getting paid really well to do it. You can devote your entire life to it then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't see the reason in calling anyone a sellout. I think it's an absolute cop out and I think it's absolutely stupid to accuse someone of being a sellout. You're a yeah. sellout if you get offered a hundred million dollars and you say no. <laughs> oh, you serious? You, you had a hundred million dollar offer and you said no? What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. The only reason why that works is if you're getting paid a billion dollars a year. Yeah, and the the thing is too, like he still retains ownership of the his podcast, which is the main thing. And I've always said to people, like, own your thing, and you know all about it. Like, yeah. you own your thing, um, own your own thing. And don't work for somebody else's company, you know. And that's still what he's doing. He's just—it's a licensing agreement. It's interesting. I wrote about it on my website. Is it been? It's almost like it'll be the estuary move between podcasts and and radio broadcast radio. I think the way that it'll end up going is you'll get these sort of deals for the big podcasters where they'll get exclusive deals. And then I think the next round that will happen will be radio stations will start looking for people to be on the air 
that are basically repackaging podcasts, you know. Um, so it's an interesting time. And I guess it, it, there's going to be evolutions for different sorts of podcasts, you know. Um, if they offer us $100 million, what are we going to do, Andrew? Say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've already spent $40 million in my head. <laughs> I've got $10 million left over because we're 50-50 in this. I'm fairly confident that um, if you've... If you've already, if we've got fifty million dollars each, yeah, I'm fairly certain you're just going to hire Thor to be your butler. <laughs> hey Thor, it's... get us another coffee. Just hey, say, Thor, can you just do the vacuum? You it's going to be really messy there underneath the couch. No, no, it would be it would be uh, Black Widow. I'd need Black Widow in me all the time. Um, say we say we got a hundred million dollar t- deal to go exclusively with Spotify or Apple or something, right? Uh, How many months would you be planning to get somebody new as a co-host because you know that I will not survive having that much money for very long? Zero. <laughs> like straight away? No, no, no. Like more, more a case of I wouldn't be planning at all. Oh, really? We just keep doing this until you die and I go, I just put the ad out on the podcast. Be like, okay, people, got some bad news. League Freak died. Who wants to join me on the podcast? I've always said if ever I won uh, Lotto, I will probably die in a monster truck accident <laughs> because I would buy a monster truck. You better believe it. Oh, there you go. Mm. I wonder what the accident would be. Just trying to well, drive over too many vehicles. People would be like, I he he went. He was in his compound. And out the back of his compound, he had like a dirt track and he was driving in his monster truck and somebody said, why don't you play air guitar? So he got out on top while it was still going, ghost riding it. And he was playing air guitar on top of it and it rolled over and squashed him and killed him. Tragic, tragic story. Yeah, there'd be tens of people that'd be upset by that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that I'll be upset. Yeah, would you go to my funeral and say something nice at my funeral? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. I need someone to lie about me. Yeah, I'll go there and say, League Freak was nice. <laughs> no, you just, you know what you do, the, the thing you do, you go up and say, you know what, we're really going to miss League Freak on the Fergo on the Who's It Gonna Be podcast <laughs> three times a week. <laughs> yeah, call me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so upset, I'm, but I'm taking the, applications. Right I'll be, be at the lectern up there, and I just roll down a little banner with all my contact details on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just leave it up for the rest of the sermon. Yeah, with, with your your email address and the Twitter handle and yeah. stuff like that. Everyone, yeah. everyone will be sitting there while the while this talks going on about your death. Everyone will be just sitting there on their mobile phones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a new person now. Oh, oh there's shit. a follower. Ah, oh, there we go. Um, oh man, that's funny. <laughs> you know, that's that's all we've got here. We're not going to dwell on the passing of one another. Nah, nah. nah. Life goes on. This podcast exactly. doesn't die; it just goes on forever. Exactly. Someone t- someone picks up the torch and runs with it, and then it's up to the next person to pick the torch up from them and run yeah. with it. Obviously, there's a there's a there's a bar that's been set here. That is, you can't like the mainstream media. You have mm-hmm. to love rugby league, mm-hmm. and you've got to be got to be kind of pissed off most of the time. Not all the time, mm. but 
you know, a majority, the slight majority of the time, like 55% of the time, you've got to be somewhat pissed off about something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the balance. Yeah, I'm you... trying to think of any other, like, bars that you've got to raise yourself to, and I can't think of any others. That's kind of weird, hey? I've got a bit of a knowledge of history. Yeah. But... Because that'll kick on to something else, okay? Because when I cark it, someone's also got to take over rugby league project, you poor bastard, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if I should blood a successor on the league freak, the whole league freak thing. Well, like I mean, a, you've, you've got a few like, years uh, to worry about that. But, you know yeah. how Batman had someone take over from him and it was, I think it was Nightwing or something? I don't know. I, I'm not real sure either. That sounds like a car that David Hasselhoff drove in the 80s. That talked. Yeah. I got a toy one of those cars once on my, on my birthday. I think it was or Christmas one year. Was that one of the like almost remote ones? Uh, yeah. If you press down on the number plate, it had it did some voice recording on the the lights at the bonnet lit up. I don't know if my one did that. My one then, was it about a foot long? No, it wasn't that long. Oh, actually, it might have been. Probably my one is. Um, I remember watching an episode where, where um, the car was driving through like big puddles and stuff like that, and I went, "Oh, mine can do that!" And uh, the voice chip stopped working very quickly after that. I know. It started just going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> keep pressing the button. Going, nothing's working. Oh, oh, well, I'll keep using it anyway. Mine was in a shed that actually got burnt down one night. Hmm. Yeah, I lived in Mount Druitt. So, kid, we, we should, I remember your kid up there. The big shed say, in the sky. I could speculate on the uh, how that fire started, but you know what? I won't. You know you know what? This is crazy. We had a ride-on lawnmower that was chained to the house that got stolen. What, the house got stolen? No, no, it's a ride-on lawnmower. <laughs> All right. How? I don't know. I got stolen, and uh, someone set fire to the shed, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. That happened when I was about, um, I think I was eight. It wasn't James Hooper's dad, was it? Nah, no, nah, they were going to come to our street. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see the? Sorry, I was going to say, did you see in the news that um, Danny Wilder got his right ear on on camera again? I saw you going off about that. <laughs> oh, it was funny. I'm pretty sure I retweeted that one. I can't. I retweeted it and liked it. I think, I, but I can't. It might have been from the. Well, the intern did it from the uh, podcasting one. The intern on the podcast and feed is very bitchy. It is. Yeah, I don't know who's on there. Whoever runs it's very angry person. They are. They're not shy about being forward either. No. No. Have to have a talk to them. Mmm. Revoke their rights, perhaps? Nah. More coffee. More coffee. Yeah. More, yeah. They like coffee, too. Yeah, I bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's not a um, suggestion that it's League Freak running the two account. We just set it up, but we don't use it. I don't know who's running the freaking thing. Yeah. Whoever they me. are. It's not me, because I'm at work all bloody day, and I, can't, I can barely use it. Exactly. And I'm... Yeah, you know, buying stuff. And coffee. 
Yeah, and coffee, making coffees. I should be a barista and make so many coffees for myself. I mean, you spend all day making coffees so that you can stay up at this stupid hour that I exist at to do podcasting. I know. You've been in the camp at both ends with coffee. I tell you what, yesterday, Mason was a bit unwell yesterday. So uh, I had to take him to the vet. He, he seems to be getting better today. He's a bit sore. Uh, something wrong was wrong with him. He was a bit sore yesterday. So I took him to the vet. And, uh, man, I was up all night last night looking after him. He woke me up early this morning. Did he um, eat he's... another cat? What? Did he eat another cat? No, nah, no, nah, he hasn't eaten another cat. There's been no pussy for him. <laughs> but... Uh... I'm self-censoring. I've, I've got a bad feeling that people out there are going to get the wrong oppression there. What do you mean? Well, you know, we've got a few a few people out there who listen to the podcast who've got filthy minds. They might think you're insinuating something else there. Well, he used to be a puppy farm dog. Mm. And he was the start of the puppy, puppy farm. Oh, there you go. So yes. when he left, the puppy farm folded? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they saved him from it. So he was like a professional dick slinger. <laughs> like he was shooting little puppy loads all the time. Um, man, this podcast went off the rails pretty quickly, hey? Taking a turn. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's, he's, he's getting you, the, the, I was going to say, the good thing is before before we started recording, you did say, we'll just do a quick episode. Yeah, what, what have we done an hour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way. It's always the way. Oh, boy. Is there anything else we need to chat about? Um, oh, no, we, we're going to have some interesting guests coming up. We've got... Uh, I might be talking to some referees. That's all I'll say. That sounds like a great idea. Mm. Um, how's the coronavirus going in your house? Well, I haven't got coronavirus yet, so that's always good. Um, you know, every, whenever I go out to, and I only go to drive-thrus to get a feed, but whenever I go out, it seems like the rest of the world just is turning normally. And I'm the only fucker that's still bunkered down. Nice work. Yeah. I've, um, I just, I just thought I'd go and have a quick look at the Daily Telegraph website cause I've not looked at it for a few months. Yeah. Mate, front page. It's got a picture of Ricky Stewart, and it says, Ricky's rant. Channel 9 doesn't like rugby league. Yeah, well, he's right. Channel 9 doesn't like rugby league. you just got to listen to anybody that works for Channel 9. All they do is slag the game off. See, They're a bunch of cunts. This is why Ricky Stewart's one of the smartest coaches in the country. I agree. He's just gone up like 300 notches for me. <laughs> Good work, Ricky. Keep that going, mate. He, and the good thing about Ricky, he's not shy about coming forward either, that bloke. He really is. He, he says what he's thinking. Yeah. Just out with it. Um, good use of the uh, exclamation mark, too, there by the Daily Telegraph in Ricky's rant. Yeah. It's funny really? how they call things rants and stuff. Yeah. Like, the media loves saying a few words. They love saying rants. They like saying everything's chaos. Uh, and the other thing they like is to describe people that don't want to talk to them as recluses. <laughs> so they'll be like, well, you know, so-and-so, become a recluse. It's like, no, they're living in a mansion, enjoying life. They just don't want to talk to you, you piece of shit. That's right. Um, 
the last three words on the, uh, you know, just a little bit of blurb they've got on the front page. He says, he's explosive blast. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not clicking that link. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, if, if you want to, if you want to hear Ricky's explosive blast, <laughs> um, um, yeah, you can go onto the Dell Telegraph website and get your ears around that. Yeah, oh. prepare for the frothy goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's explosive blast. My goodness. Uh, just when we thought journalism had gone bad, eh? Yep. Delivers with gold like that. Um, all right, well, I suppose that wraps up a good episode there. Yep, very good episode. Uh, we'll probably put out another episode in the next 24 hours. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. So, people, if you've got a bit of coin on you, donate some coin uh, to www.patreon.com slash leaguefreak, or you can also dish out a few coin to uh, www.com. What was it? www.patreon.com slash RL Project. I'll spit it out. Yes. Um, That'd be awesome. Get in there and follow us on the socials at Twitter, at FergoFreakPod, on Insta, FergoFreakPod as well. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. Why not? We're on LinkedIn. Um, We're just everywhere. We're on all the podcasting apps, mate. Get out there. Subscribe, like, listen. Do all that stuff. We're on YouTube as well. Do make sure you get over there and do all of that. We love it over there. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>